Somebody say nothing is impossible to God. Say nothing is impossible to God. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 32, verse 17. Jeremiah 32, 17. If you can put that on the point, then the rest will not put it because I want to go quick. Jeremiah 32, 17. He said, Ha, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. This is Jeremiah talking. This is Jeremiah talking. And we know that Jeremiah lived under, we're talking about uh, the Babylonian captivity. And Jeremiah was a prophet of God. And God has told many things to Jeremiah. And things that God told Jeremiah, it takes faith to believe. Hallelujah. If we read, I want to read you Jeremiah 32, verse 26 to 30. Jeremiah 32, verse 26 to 30. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Therefore, that says the Lord, Behold, I will give this city into the hands of a Chaldean, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall take it. And the Chaldean who fight against this city shall come and set fire to this city, burn it with the houses on whose roof they have offered incense to bar and poured out drink offering to other God to provoke me to anger because the children of Israel, the children of Judah have done evil before me from their youth. For the children of Israel have provoked me only to anger to anger with the work of my hands. This is God talking. Now, he will tell you why Jeremiah said there is nothing too hard for you. I want to read to you Jeremiah 32, verse 42 to 44. Jeremiah 32, 42 to 44. It's two verses. Is it there? He said, for that says the Lord, just I have... Just as I have brought all this great calamity on these people, so I will bring on them all the good that I have promised them. And fields will be bought in this land, of which you say it is desolate. Without man or beast, it has been given into the hands, the hand of the Chaldeans. Now, he said, men will buy fields for money, sign deeds, and sell them, and take witnesses in the land of Benjamin, hallelujah, around Jerusalem, in the city of Judah, in the city of the mountain, in the city of the lowland, and in the city of the south, for I will cause the captives to return, says the Lord. Now, let me paint you a picture so that you can see. God said to Jeremiah, I'm going to cause the people to go into captivity and I'm going to make their land desolate. I don't know if you understand those days what happens when your kingdom is seized and the kingdom is destroyed. There is no way you can restore it. When they destroyed the way, God said. But God said to Jeremiah, I'm the one that is going to do that and I'm going to cause them to come back. There is nothing too hard for me. God is saying to Jeremiah, in the land where you said it's over, 
fields will be bought. Businesses shall be established again. For I, the Lord, have spoken. I hope you resound with somebody this morning. In this world, where there is war, where the petrol price is high, where people are going under pressure, God says, in this place, I will bring prosperity. And then somebody sits and but is this possible? God said, is there anything too hard for me? Oh, I, do, I want you to understand the God you are serving. This is a God that can strike a land and restore it at the same time. This is a God that can bring death and raise the person at the same time. This is a God that can offer his own son and raise him up on, on the third day. He said, you are the God of all flesh. You are the one that created the earth and the universe. Is there anything too hard for you? I want you to have a mindset this morning that there is nothing too hard for God. Come on now. There is nothing too hard for God. Say it. Now, he, he came to Abraham in Genesis chapter number 18 verse 14. He said to Abraham, is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But by that time, the Bible says that there was no hope for Sarah anymore. Because the time of childbearing has passed. Hmm. There was no hope. The Bible says, against hope, Abraham in hope hoped. When you know who you are serving, it's easy to stand. I don't know the God you are serving, but I'm serving the God of the impossible. I'm serving a God of big possibilities. The God that can take a needy out of the dust and sit him at the table with kings. Say, is there anything too hard for me? Then I realized that we are the one that limits God. Our mindset have limited God. Because God cannot work beyond your mindset. Can I say it again? God cannot work beyond your mindset. That's why when you want to do something in your life, he tries to persuade you to believe him. He tries that. So that by believing him, he may be able to do what he wants to do. The word of the Lord came to many people, and it did not work because they did not mix it with faith. Hebrews 4. He said the word which they heard didn't profit them because they didn't mix it with faith. Friday, I told you, break away from your small thinking because you serve a big God. God told me something. I won't tell you what it is. I laughed. I laughed. I found myself like Abraham because I was driving and I was thinking, God, you want me to do this? You want me to do this? How will I do it? And God said, no, I don't want you to do it. I, don't want, to, I want you to do double of it. I said, oh. So, so let me tell you something. That when you come to a place where you don't limit God anymore, even the sky cannot prevent you from flying. He said, there is nothing. Now, Luke chapter number 18 verse 27 says, Things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Hallelujah. Now, I said nothing is impossible with God. Say nothing is impossible. 
Say it again. But can I submit to you that although nothing is impossible to God, things can be impossible to you. Hallelujah. For things, for nothing to be impossible to you, you need to align yourself to the God of which we spoke about, that nothing is impossible to you need to align yourself. Now, the reason why you were born again, do you know why you were born again? Do you actually know why you were born again? Why are you born again? You are quiet. I want a brave person to answer me, why are you born again? Why, why are you born again? Come on. It's a question. Why are you born again? Because Jesus... Okay? Why are you born again? Why are you born again? Huh? No. You are born again so that you can partake of his divine nature. That's why that's the confusion. That, that's why we function the way we function. We are born again to be partners with heaven. Your new birth is not limited to you going to heaven. God was looking for sons with whom he can do business here on earth. When he created Adam, the Bible said when he created Adam, he said to Adam, I'm in heaven, you are on earth, you rule over the earth. So he created Adam so that Adam can be in charge of the earth. He didn't create Adam so that Adam can worship him. God was not in need of worship. He does not need you to tell him he's big. He knows he's big. He does not need you to tell him you are great. He knows he's great. Why do you say he's great? Because you are convinced on yourself that he's great. But the reason why you are born again yeah, 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 is so that you can manifest God. And unless you manifest God, your new birth has no meaning. <laughs> you are in the likeness So that, that why, that's why 1 John 5, 11, I say I will not preach long, but maybe I will. 1 John 5, 11 says, this is a testimony that we have eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who has the son has life, and he who does not have a son does not have life. So it means that God was looking for a way to create many sons. Do you understand that God does not love Jesus more than he loves you? But it's in your Bible. John 17 says, he said, 
as you love me, you love them. The same way you love me, you have loved them. So, the way God loves Jesus, that's the way he loves you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Go and read John 17, it will blow your mind. He said, I'm praying for these. The one who have given me, because everything that is mine is yours. And he said, the same love that you have for me, you have for them. So God does not love Jesus more than he loves you. Or he does not love you more than he loves Jesus. He loves you equally. No, come on. Come on. Come on now. It seems like you, you, are, you are doubting me. I can perceive some spirit, religious spirit in the room that are saying, what, what is he saying? What is he trying to say? Let me go to John 17. Uh, uh, mm, because <laughs> John 17 tells us that the same glory that is on, in Jesus, that same glory is in you. You don't check what I'm saying. Let's read. John 17, we'll read from verse 22 to 24. And if you ever find it, then you must stand up and say you are right. <laughs> John 17 from verse 22. Come on, media team, let's go so that we can witness. And when we finish today, you'll go out like a big guy. Because now you know who you are. Let's go. <laughs> and one, two, three. Which glory that you gave me, I have what? The glory you gave me, I have? So why do you think the glory in you is lesser than the glory in Jesus? Let's continue. That there may be one. Just as we are one. Let's continue. I in them and you in me. That they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that you have sent me. Let's go. And as, as you have loved me. Read it again. No, go back. As you, and have loved them. As. This is English. Eh? I, I'm a French guy. I, I can't pretend to teach you English. But when he said, and have loved them. As you have loved me. What does it mean? What does it mean? The same way you loved me, you have loved them. Let's go on. Wow. Father, I desire that they may also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory, which you have given me for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Stop there. It means God loved you before the foundation of the world. Because the love he has for Jesus is the same love he has for you. Now it makes sense. In John 11, listen, Jesus went to pray for Lazarus. He lifted up his hand and said, Father, I know you always hear me. Why? Because you love me. 
And I'm doing this for those who are standing here. So, so, so your work with God is not to convince yourself. Your work with God is to show to other people that the grace is upon you. I'm not praying for the people to convince myself. I'm praying so that you may know that God has sent me. You are taking yourself cheap. Go before the Father. Lord, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm coming again. What's, what a losing prayer is that? What a losing prayer is that? You are a beggar. Like a clown. In heaven. Begging. While the whole estate is yours. The way he loved Jesus, he loved me. Hallelujah. So you are an ambassador of Christ. Never forget why you are born again. You are born again to partake in the divine nature and to show forth the praises of who, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are here to display divinity at work in a human being. Hallelujah. But you know, then you are an ambassador of Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't die for Christians. No, Jesus didn't die for Christians. He died for sinners. So that when you receive him, you become. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't die for the state in which you are today. He died for the state in which you were. He didn't die for a righteous person. He died for an unrighteous person. So when you are unrighteous and you receive him, you become. And when you become, you stop talking like you were. You talk now as you are. Hallelujah. So when you come in the presence of God, you approach the throne of God boldly with grace, knowing who you are. Say, Father, I'm here again. <laughs> you see, when, when you go to the presence of God, say, Father, I'm here again. I've been doing what you asked me to do. Now I'm here again. What are we talking about today? You understand? So that you are loaded with benefit every time you come out. Because where Jesus is, that's where you are. But you know, for you to be effective, you need to understand that you need to partner with God. Some would say partnership. If God want to, let's say, if God want to establish an hospital somewhere, he will not send angels. You know what he will do? He will come to you because you are an outlet of his glory. So he will tell you, my daughter, you go and establish the hospital. When you stand up and you are going, it's God going. Because he has given you his word. Hallelujah. When God wants to do something on earth, he does it through his children. When he wants to heal the sick, he says, you go and lay hands on them. When he wanted to take the people of Israel out of Egypt, he didn't send an angel. He was looking for a man. Yes. And he found Moses. But his plan was to take the people out of Egypt. 
Don't you think God could find her from heaven and kill all the Egyptians and then let the people free? Don't you think he could do that? Yeah. Don't you think God didn't need to send Moses? He could just send fire like Sodom and Gomorrah and burn the camp of the Egyptian and then, and then, and then uh, uh, the camp of the Jew become the glory of God. Don't you? Why do we have to flee out of Egypt? Why do we have to come out and be pursued? And why? Why? Because God was in business with men. He does not do all do it God's way. He does it sometimes with human. <laughs> and the reason why you are born again is so that you can be a Moses in this generation. Let my people go. And you must be confident in that. Every place where God places you, he expects you to, to function like an ambassador of heaven. And when you go, you don't go with weaknesses. You go with the grace. He said to Moses, I've heard a cry. I've come down to rescue them, but I can't rescue them if you are not going for me. Ha! I've heard them. I even came down. But I didn't come come down in the camp. I came down to you, so that you can take me to the camp. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You say I want to go to Egypt, but I need a vehicle to ride in. And praise God, Moses was there. And I said to Moses, "But I want to, I want to show you you can go." Moses said, "I can't." He said, "No, you can." He said, "Yeah, I can't." He said, "You can." He said, "I can't." He said, "Okay, what is in your hands?" He said, "Stuff." He said, "Put it down," and the staff became a snake. So all this while. Moses had the ability. He didn't know. And God said, I want to show you what is inside of you. What I have put in you, because when I created you, I set you for this purpose. If you are the mind of God, by that time you should have come to me and said, Lord, when is the assignment? But you miss it, so I have to come down and tell you what is in your hand. He put it down. He said, it's a snake. Grab it. He said, I will go with you. Moses said, I can't talk. He said, who created the tongue? He said, Moses, what is your problem? I am sending you. I say, I, I, I am sending you. You have excuses. Like some of you do, sitting here. Many excuses. God wants to send, wants to set his people free. He has to use a man. Hallelujah. Amen. He wants to heal the sick. He has to use Peter. You want to raise the dead? He has to use them. Don't you think those dead could raise by themselves there? Could be raised by themselves there? Why do they need Peter to go there? Do you think God needed the ark to invade the camp? But he said, build me an ark. Because this world is material. And God cannot function in this world if he does not function through materials. He made that law. So he has to build an ark. And through the visible presence of the ark, his glory is manifested. He has to make you so that through you, his visible presence can be manifested in the earth. You become the glory of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Many people say, I give you glory. They don't even know what glory is. I give you glory. They say, I give you glory. You are not giving glory to God if you are not doing what God wants you to do. <laughs> because as you do what you want, He wants you to do, that's what we call giving Him glory. 
Giving him glory is just an act of word. Giving him glory is an act of doing what God said you should do. Now I'm finishing. If we want to be, if we want to succeed, then we need to know how God does what he does. Have you realized that God does things by words? Hmm? The only thing God didn't do with the word is your body. Hallelujah. He spoke creation into being. But when it came to human being, he made the human. Hallelujah. It, it came down. Oh, I imagine God coming down like, you know, in, before, I don't know if you guys experienced that. You are too civilized for that. But we, in Africa, when it rains, we go out and we just play with the clay. And we make those small beings with clay. Huh? And uh, I imagine God coming to earth, his own earth, and making his hand dirty and taking the clay and playing with the clay and forming your body because you were already created in him because he was looking for a house for you. So he created a house and he said, go into the house. Then you appeared into the house and you became a living being. So the body is a setup. <laughs> the body is a hiding place for you. The body, <laughs> the body you are carrying is a setup. It's a camouflage. So that Satan does not know who is coming. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because God is coming to him in the body of a man. Have I known they wouldn't crucify the Lord of glory? Because God came in the form of a man. And Satan did not know it was the ancient of days that dwells in that body. But when he looked in his eyes, something happened to him. He knew there is danger here. Because greater is he that is in me than the one that is in the world. So your body is just a camouflage. And God says, if you want to be successful, you function like me. That's what the whole month is about. You know how people confuse people are? They will say, say for instance, when they come to church, they will confess. From today, I don't have any lack. Then they go out and they save a bill. God, I don't know what is happening because this bill is here and uh, you have canceled what you just said in church. So many people are in word cancellation. So what they do is that they write a check and they destroy it. They speak something and they speak the opposite. Out of the same source cannot come to source of water. The bitter and the sweet cannot come out of the same source. And God says, you are confused. Why? Because you speak something here and you speak the other thing there. Be consistent in what you speak. It means if it changes or not, you speak what you spoke. I believe, therefore, I have spoken. So your words from today should be consistent. Hallelujah. It means if God says something, that's what you repeat. You don't care what is happening. 
You see, if God, we told you, if God said, I'm going to, uh, you're going to have a child, and we have already dedicated the child, even if a doctor can tell you you don't have a womb anymore, you say, I don't care, I will have my child. It's not about the womb, it's about the word. It's not about your ability, it's about his abilities. Even, listen, 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 listen. Look, I got a car one time, and uh, I didn't have a license. Yes. I was speaking, and there was a lawyer that I don't know that came to the room. And he went home and he called me. I don't know why I got my number, actually, because I didn't know that. How did he get my number, actually? She does not know also. So he called me in the morning, and he said, I was in your meeting, because we did this Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Friday morning, he phoned me. He said, I was in your meeting, but I was there for three days, and I couldn't sleep last night. I said, oh, it was that bad. Because maybe you have nightmares because of what I said. He said, no, the Lord said I must do something for you. I said, what? He said, do you have a house? Oh, I was so stupid. I said, yes, but I didn't have a house. <laughs> Somebody gave me a place to say, I said, no, I have a house. Uh, hi. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. He asked me, do you have food? I said, I have food. It was just what was in the fridge. There was no other provision. He said, what is your need? I said, I don't think I have. He said, do you have a car? I said, no. He said, that's your need. Why don't you tell us you don't have a car? I said, no, because my neighbor gives me lift sometimes. He said, you have a need of a car. He gave me his address. He said, Monday you find me at your office, I'll give you a car. Then he asked me, do you have a license? I said, no. He said, you will still have your car. I went to his, I went, here in Bloomfontein, I went to his office. He came out. I could recognize because the church was small. So I saw that guy at the back because he's not from the church. So I could see those who are not from the church. Came out and he called his wife. And they're speaking Africans. He <laughs> <laughs> was, was, <laughs> I didn't know what we were talking about. And he, we came out, he said, come into the car. We went. And we were driving. I don't know if they just hijacked me, if they kidnapped me. I don't know. But I'm trusting them. We drove to one of the garages in Bloomfontein. We got there. And when we came out, as my good me, I came and I was going to the second-hand deals deal. Then he called me. He said, where are you going? I said, oh, you say you're going to buy a car. He said, yes. He said, where are you going? I said, no, the cars are there. I'm seeing some. He said, God says you will not give you a second-hand. He took me to the garage, to the new, brand new car floor. And he said, pick one. <laughs> All these cars are standing, pick one. <laughs> then I, I call, I say, baby, very say I must pick a car. <laughs> she said, wow. I, I actually, on the way I phoned her, she said, pick a good second hand one. <laughs> That's what she told me. Remember? She told me, she told me, make sure you pick a good second. Don't choose something that is not good. Pick a good, she's there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went on the word of my beloved wife. <laughs> and listen, when we got to a brand new cars, he said, you pick the color. I called her again. I said, let's pick the color. And we decided on blue. Then we went and we picked a car. He took a check. He signed the check and he gave it to them. And he says, here's your car. The only thing you worry about is the water and petrol. 
The rest I'm taking care. If there is a damage, you phone me. We'll fix it for you. I'll pay the insurance for you. It's your car. But then I have another problem. Jason, I couldn't drive. And you know what the man did? He put the keys in my hand, drove off. Yeah, I stand with a car key without, I couldn't even drive. It was not that I could drive and that drive last night. I couldn't drive. I've never driven a car before in my life. It was this. Then I call a friend. I say, come and help me. He said, what for? I said, they just gave me a car. I need to get it home. He came, he said, I love the smell of brand new car. I was so annoyed at him. Because the guy, he was the first guy to drive my, my, my car. And, 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 and we took it. He said, let's go to the highway. Because we were coming to Rebels Day. He said, let's turn to the highway. He was driving on the street. I said, my God, he's breaking my car. <laughs> he parked it at my place. And that was it. God gave me a car without a license. Is there anything too hard for God? No, no, come on, come on. Is there anything too hard for God? I said, is there anything too hard for God? It's your own mindset. We don't play by the rules. We play by heaven's rules. It can break any protocol for you. So, you don't know where I'm coming from. Don't judge me by appearance. I can tell you stories that can put you down. You won't believe. The God, the ancient of days, I've seen him, his work. I've seen him working with power and strength. And this morning he said, go tell them, is there anything hard for me? And he said, when you tell them, tell them to partner with me in order to enter their destinies. Tell them to say what I tell them to say and they must believe it without changing and they will see the result of it. I'm telling you the truth. My God. Leon, go to my office. On the table there, the plans of the church are there. Bring it to me. Quickly. Quickly. Hey, Mudimu. Hey, hey, hey. 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 The woman will say, My African brother will say, Boo. Boo. My God. I pray that Leon may see it. Aha! Oh, I love Leon. He's quick. On point. I hope if you will see this. Now, don't worry about the bottom one. The guy was messing up with me. You see this shape? This was, this was the plans of a church. This was designed in 2010. The Lord woke me up one morning and he said, look at the sky. Because I had a dream. I look and the church was standing in the sky. Hallelujah. A big dome. And then I went and I designed a church of 3,000 seats. 
by that time, this is by the hand of an architect. His number is where you can call him, he will tell you. I can't draw this. By that time, God told me, do not put me in a box. You can hold it, the two of you, Yanni and Dati, your honor. Camera, zoom on it, please. Don't give me that bluffing. God told me that the ministry will have a church of eight ship, a dome. 2010. So Faith TV didn't create anything. Faith TV just confirmed what was there. So in 2010, I didn't look the way I look today. I was much younger, hallelujah, and the church was much shaky than now. To build this, I drew it in 2010. It was around that time, in 27, that I got the car. 2010, God gave me this. And I'm speaking it again forth. My word has not changed. I didn't change. We didn't build this, when we bought this church, I knew in my heart, this is not the church. But I bought it, we bought it for a youth center. That's why we bought it. We bought it for a youth center, because this is a church. But now, 3,000 seater is too small. I realized that I was thinking too small. When God showed me, my mind could only take 3,000. But now my mind can take more than that. So, I have expanded my vision. Say, but where are we going to get money from? What are you talking about? I said, what are you talking about? Hey! Listen, God, you guys, you don't know what is happening here. God never trained me to think of small things. Me, if I want to get something, I make sure. When you see it, you know I got it. This little, little thing I'm not in. And that, I didn't become like that today. I've always been like this. Since I was small, I've always been like this. I couldn't understand why Christians think like that. God has blessed me. Come here, stand. He blessed me with a car. And when you put the car in, oh, oh, oh. Your own father will not bless you with something like that. I want you to think in a new way now. This... You will see it. Do me a favor, don't die. (laughs) 
Because if you can die, you will say I was lying. If you don't die, you will enter these facilities yourself. You will sit. You will sit in these facilities. You will glorify God in these facilities. Thank you. So this is a word for you. Do as God does. Speak as God speaks. Don't confuse yourself. Don't curse yourself. Last night we were talking. And my wife asked me, so people can curse themselves? I say yes, with their own words. Yes. I don't understand why this shop is not working. You are cursing yourself. Yes. You need to stand there and say, shop. <laughs> you don't understand. You will have to work. Because the Lord says so. So even if there's no client, I go every morning and I say, welcome clients. Because you are here. I'm so busy with clients, I don't know what to do. I need to hire more people. The church is living here beyond what the natural is. We employ 12 people, 11, 12, how many people? 11, 12, full-time in the office here around here. The school comes in, I think the church employs about 20 people with this number that we are sitting here. How is it possible that the church can function? This church, maybe some of you will run because you say, oh, this amount, we can't meet them. This ministry, if we have less than 300,000 a month, will collapse. Look at what you give in the offering. Yourself, you can testify. No, no, that one you can testify. You know that it's 100 rand, max 200 rand every Sunday. So 800 rand a month. Multiply that by the number of people here. We want to reach 100,000. We need more than 300,000 every month to keep this ministry going. How we do it, don't ask me. Because myself, I don't know. Some end of the month, Leon called me to me two days before we pay. He said, Prophet, there's a problem. I say, he said, we don't have half the money in the accounts. I said, tomorrow pay. Pay tomorrow. Wait, you pay tomorrow. In the morning, your SMSs are going full. We're paying you guys. You guys don't know what is going on. We have lived miracles upon miracles in this ministry that no man can explain. In the lockdown, we put money in the account of church people that were struggling. You know, there was no service most, so there was no offering coming in. So, when we talk about giving, we are not seeking your money. We are seeking a fruit that will abound to you. You just must know that. You just must know that. Why will God send me from Ivory Coast and come here and collect money? Why? I, I don't know. Why? Start to think big. The degree of your mind is the bigness of your God. If your mind says, I can only afford 100 rand, God will bless you with 100 rand. 
If your mind says, I can only give 20 rand, God will make sure you have your 20 rand to give. But if you challenge yourself and say, I want to do more for God, God will meet you at your point of expectation. And be like that in all the areas of your life. There's no man on earth that could tell me I would never have a child when I got married. It does not exist. When we're struggling to have children, some doctor told me I have a problem. I said, me. <laughs> me. I have a problem. No, you don't know what you are talking about. The womb of my wife has a problem. What? I said, we'll pop them out. You will see. And God did it. Amen. I say God did it. Amen. God did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Is there anything too hard for God? No. I say, is there anything too hard for God? No. Is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for God? Today you need to look at the mountain and say, Be thy removed and be cast into the sea according to the word that God has covenanted with me. But be a God seeker. Don't be a thing seeker. Be a God seeker. And those things shall follow you. Out of the abundance of your knowledge of God, abundance in everything comes. So I'm telling you, an ambassador of God, not to seek the thing of the world, but to do his will, and the thing will follow you. That's my word for you today. Can we give a big hand to our Lord?